Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the life of ourselves, our family, and others. In this episode, we will look at the edge of reasonable or unreasonable thoughts as we quickly look at some of the few ideas that people are supposing in regards to threats or disasters. Maybe you will look at these ideas as just too unlikely to happen, or maybe you'll see that these ideas have some serious potential as serious problems. My hope is that you will give some thought to preparedness, and hopefully these unusual ideas will stimulate thought. Ideas, for instance, that a meteor could strike Earth. Oh, well, some people will say it won't happen, but it has happened several times before in ancient Earth history. Similarly, Planet X, also called Nibiru, could come by Earth and disrupt Earth's atmosphere and tectonic plates. Well, has this happened? Well, maybe according to legend it has, but a few people are now claiming they see this planet approaching. And this is uh, reported as of April 2016. Well, other ideas. A massive volcanic eruption could occur. Maybe it would be like Yellowstone. Or maybe it would be like Krakatoa in Indonesia in 1883. That eruption of Krakatoa is said to have been heard halfway around the Earth. Another idea that have happened is massive crop failures caused by something like a plant rust or a fungus. This has happened to wheat and this has happened to potatoes. And it happened in the mid-1800s with the Irish potato famine and it caused the migration of peoples to America primarily. Uh, there's also the possibility of massive anarchy. It could happen in the United States. It started to happen in 2014 in Ferguson, Missouri. They had riots there. Also, there was the 1965 Watts Los Angeles riots. Also, even way before that, in 1932, the U.S. World War II military veterans rioted in Washington, D.C. Why? because they did not get the benefits that they were promised from the U.S. government after participating in World War I. Well, there's other things. A massive invasion of the United States by some foreign military? Oh, that'll never happen. But it did happen when Great Britain occupied Washington, D.C. during the War of 1812. Hard to believe, but it did happen. Some people even suggest that there's going to be a new world order coming around and taking control of our country. As an example of this, we see some impossible events like the 9-11 event. Why did Building 7 completely collapse just like the twin, twin, twin Towers did? Well, they all collapsed in a free fall, even though Building 7 was not hit by any airplane or anything else. It's just one of those puzzling events. So why do these things happen? I don't know why, and I don't know if they'll happen again. But the point is, is that strange and unpredictable things do happen. Surprises do happen, and they can happen again and disrupt our day-to-day -day life. So with any uncertainties that we have, I think it's only reasonable that we get prepared. And then also remember to pro start preparing now so that we have a chance to get things before they're hard to find. And remember to give thanks to God for all the blessings that you do have in this day. Your letters with questions or donations are important. 
John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior called to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Settle up your Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome to the world in the Red Sky Radio, where we ride hard for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you all. Got so much to fit in today, as always. Let's get rolling here. But before we do, if you want to reach me, you can at info, I-N-F-O, at redskyradio.net, info at redskyradio.net. And also, be sure and listen. We're going to run for a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, sort of a public service announcement here earlier in the program where our tech guy who does a great job is going to uh, come on and tell you the different ways that you can get this program. I don't even understand the ways, but he does. Some of you will find a better way to reach the program, a better way to download the program, maybe a better way to pass the program on to others who uh, who need to hear it. Okay? With that, and without further ado, let's get rolling. As you know, we start with the good news. Try to end with good news. In between, you just got to hang on. But I'm going to start out, yes, with Mr. Trump. And what blows me away, as a former Californian, I mean, I probably, gosh, I may have lived there longer than I've lived anywhere. Probably have. I have not, can't do the calculation quickly in my head here. But this is a state that's gone just decidedly further left about every eight minutes. A recent poll, this is going to shock you, and a recent poll by the Public Policy Institute of California and the Public Policy Institute of California is about as nonpartisan as you can get. In other words, there probably isn't a more even Stephen kind of poll than from this organization. And their recent poll from this last week indicated that Donald Trump is more popular with California voters than the California legislature. That's right. I mean, this is a state that went overwhelmingly, uh, even without voter fraud, went overwhelmingly for Hillary Clinton and for every Democrat for about the last gazillion years. I mean, you got to go back a long ways to Duke Majin or Pete Wilson to get to a Republican governor. This state has gone so far left so fast it's unbelievable. Yet the legislature, which is a supermajority of Democrats, has done so much horrific stuff. Remember, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. Well, the legislature in Sacramento is a reproach to the kingdom of God. It's a reproach to people of common sense. It's a reproach to people of any level of, of real morality. They are lower. They, they hate their legislature more than Donald Trump. The favorability rating for Donald Trump is 38% in uh, California. Even though, and interestingly, 
54% of Californians do not support trying to impeach him. Now, that may be the uh, lowest number throughout the United States other than maybe New York. But the legislature has a favorability rating of 34%. 34 for the legislature, 38 for Donald Trump. Well, if they don't like somebody that they seem to call a Nazi, but they also hate the uh, people in the legislature, which are clearly socialistic fascists, they are the ones that are, they're the ones that are all about government and all about government having uh, everything to do about you and in your business and controlling it and running every part of your life. I don't know who the people in California actually support. Doesn't matter. Not there anymore. Next piece of good news. The Trump administration has ended all funding for research using babies, using fetal tissue. In other words, the experiment with the innocent unborn dead in California and elsewhere throughout the United States, but I say California because it was a federal government contract, was with the University of California in San Francisco to use aborted babies for fetal research, tissue research. Feds end the funding contract over take a hike, UCSF. But lest you think there's some sort of revival going on in California, which there appears not to be, probably the most stunning piece of news this last week. And it comes from Mr. Gavin Gruesome, the pro-abort, veins in his teeth, blood all over his lips, pro-abort governor of the state of California, has announced that California is ready to receive all of the women in the five states that are trying to restrict abortion, Alabama, Missouri, Kentucky, Ohio, I'm sorry, six, Alabama, Missouri, Kentucky, Ohio, Mississippi, and Georgia, six great states for doing the right thing, Governor Gruesome is inviting the women from those six states to come to the altar of Molech on the West Coast and slaughter their children there. He is encouraging the women to offer up their children as a living sacrifice on the California altar to idolatry and uh, kind of pro you know probably every other sin you want to attach to it. And... And he has said that the state of California for the women who cannot afford it, I guess he's not going to pay for travel, but if you can't afford it, if you can't afford to kill your child, they will pay for it. The state of California is going to subsidize the execution of innocent unborn children from anyone in the United States who wants to come to the killing factory there known as California, which has more than 150 butcher shops and destroys children at an alarming rate, probably faster than any other state. It's why the state is, is going down the toilet and has been. I mean, Los Angeles, they say there's now they I, they suspect an outbreak of the bubonic plague in rat-infested Los Angeles. Well, it's a rat-infested town of Sacramento with all the Democrats in the legislature. It's a rat-infested state, but specifically, real rats are running all over L.A. It's out of control, and they believe that the bubonic plague has already started in Los Angeles. And in San Francisco... They are now counting. I hope you're ready for this. San Francisco's documenting and, and counting how many human feces show up on their sidewalks. I'm not kidding. They have a turd patrol in San Francisco, which is up to north of 120,000 turds that they have found on the streets of San Francisco. I mean... Look, sin is a reproach, folks. This is what happens. It doesn't happen all at once, but when you step away from God, you slam your fist in the face of God, you flip him off, you not only 
not enter in yourself, but you actually prevent other people from entering into the truth, such as they do in California's crummy schools, you're going to reap the harvest that sin produces. Homelessness, drug abuse, porn addiction. I mean, it just goes on and on. My prediction for the state of California is going to come true. Three classes of people, welfare, government workers, and the super elite that have their to- living in their Tony neighborhoods with their, with their fences and their armed guards and to heck with everybody else. So Newsom released the proclamation last Friday. Uh, here as Lucas Mechaleonis reports, he's touting his state's easy access to abortion, including the use of state funds for ending pregnancies under subsidized health insurance plans for disadvantaged people. End quote. Now, keep in mind here that we have the Hyde Amendment, which was passed in about 1976, which prevents the use of federal funds to kill your innocent unborn children. The Hyde Amendment. Now, the only reason I bring this up is, well, two reasons. One, I want people to know that if you're not in California, your hard-earned taxpayer dollars going to the federal government are not getting diverted to California to slaughter children in the womb because that's illegal. Federal government cannot pay for that. Then the second point that I raise here, that raise this for is because of all things, Joe Biden, the presumed front runner who is now starting to quickly taper off because of what? Out of the 1,473 people running for president on the Democratic ticket this year, for, well, for next year, but they're out there already. Joe Biden so far is the only one who says he would continue to support the Hyde Amendment, meaning he would continue to support the policy that no taxpayer funds are to be used for abortion. Does he support abortion? Yes. Is he a, a lousy Catholic? Yes, he is. I don't mean Catholics are lousy. I'm saying he is a Catholic who is lousy in the practice of his faith because he doesn't follow the church's teaching on that. However, he's drawn a distinction here. He is saying, to his credit, this is I believe it's okay to, to kill your unborn child. However, I don't think that the government should be involved in it. That's a private decision, and the government is involved if the government is paying for the slaughter of the unborn. Does this cost him the election? I don't know. It Actually, my thought, it's actually a pretty savvy move to try to differentiate himself from the other 1,042 that are running on an issue that will actually draw support from some, well, I don't even want to say moderate Democrats because that's an oxymoron, but let's just say the people who are to the right of Ilhan Omar and uh, Ocasio-Cortez. So, quoting again here from uh, Governor Gruesome, he said, California will continue to uphold women's equality, unquote. By which I assume he means that California will continue to make sure that it kills just as many girls in the womb as boys in the womb. And so, yes, you've arrived at women's equality, Gov. All right, next. Oh, this is no surprise. The Democrats in Congress have now removed, so help me God, from the oath required of witnesses that testify before the various committees. Any surprise there? No, of course not because they didn't want it in the Pledge of Allegiance at the last national convention. You know, the one where they trashed Israel, they said, throw God out, throw the oath out, because they hate God. They All the Jew haters are in the Democrat Party. So that wasn't any surprise that they would, they would trash Israel in the process. But it's official. The removal of So Help Me God from the oath for by the House of Representatives, run by Democrats for anybody who's testifying. And last, but not least, on the uh, Democratic uh, 
what's the, what's the uh, what I call here, the Democratic ticket, so to speak, all the things I'm covering, deals with the convention from last week and the anti-Semitism. We'll be right back. Well, hey, how are you? Welcome to Red Sky Radio. I am the tech guy, and consider this a PSA. I want to quickly tell you how you can get all the episodes. You can go to darkskyradio.com. Once you get there, go towards the right. You'll see on the menu page a Red Sky Radio tab. Click on that tab, and voila, there you are. There's a media player. You can go through and listen to all the past episodes. You can go through and download all the past episodes. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, what you'll find is a Google Play button. You can click on that and subscribe to this radio show via Google Play, or to the left, you can go to iTunes, and that will that button there will take you to a a new page, the Podomatic page. You can subscribe right there and listen. You can scroll down on that page to the right and find the iTunes subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to Red Sky Radio. Sky Radio. Uh, how many of you recognize that song from the 70s by Cat Mother and the All Night Newsboys? Wow. Good old rock and roll. Okay. Where we were. So they got a Democrat state convention in California this last week. This is turning into the Jew Haters Convention. The Jew Haters Convention. Seriously. I mean, there were, what, five or six anti-Jewish propositions proposed at this convention? I, I mean, I don't know why there are even any Jews in the, in the Democrat Party. Are, are, what are you guys thinking? Or maybe you're not thinking. Can you not tell when people hate you and when they're starting to embrace everything other than Christians and, and Jews? Can you not put that together? Well, I'm not going to go into the resolutions. It's not clear which ones passed and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, who in a statewide convention would bring up anti-Semitic propositions? I will tell you who. It would be a party that has enough Jew haters in it that they don't have to be concerned about the political repercussions. Welcome to California's Democrat Party. Okay, I'm going to throw in a little piece of good news here in the middle. Um, all right, Nancy Pelosi is all over the place, right? I mean, she is, um, so, well, we got to impeach Trump. And then she said, no, we, no, we shouldn't impeach Trump. And then, having gotten a lot of pushback from the party, now she needs to be more, more strongly anti-Trump. So now she is saying, well, um, what was her statement? She said, I, I will love to visit Trump in prison. Uh, so this is her statement that's supposed to be how she walks back her comments about not wanting now impeachment, where she was all impeachment, but she's losing control of the party because AOC and her socialist warthogs that flock behind her are all are, are increasingly running that party she's losing she's losing it nancy is and so she she's not getting away with all of the hooey that she has gotten away with in the past in fact i had a fellow write me the other day who said you know i used to use the term bs which we all know what it stands for but it has a broader term, meaning it's a bunch of nonsense, it's a bunch of irrelevant garbage, whatever he said. But he said, I've decided to become a little bit more refined. And when I'm going to make a reference wherein I would have previously said 
That's a bunch of BS. He said, I am going to refer to it as that's just a pile of Pelosi. Watch, oh, that's a pile of Pelosi. Watch your step over there. You might step in some Pelosi. Or, we, hey, you know what? Our, our toilet's backed up at home. With it's, got, it's just stuffed with Pelosi. I, you know, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing, but I thought it kind of fits. But she's all over the map. Impeach. No. Don't impeach. No. Well, I, 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 I'd like to visit with him in prison. And actually, what Trump should say, you know what Trump should say to this in response? He should say, Nancy, I, you know what? If it works into my schedule, I would love to visit you in prison. I'd love to come see you in prison. That's all she uh, because actually she's the one that belongs there. Anyway, the good news I wanted to flip, switch into the middle here. Rolling Thunder Executive Director. Rolling Thunder is a motorcycle club. And they're a club that has, in the past, demanded accountability for missing service members. Prisoners of war, primarily. And they had indicated that they were really not that interested in uh, it wasn't the best way to get the message across to keep making these major bike trips to D.C. And they've had as many as, golly, I don't know. Somebody's told me they had as many as 500,000 at one point. But the executive director came out this week and said, if Pelosi launches impeachment proceedings on Trump, these bikers are riding on Washington. They're coming to town. And he said... If we had a pro-Trump motorcycle rally in response to Pelosi's impeachment, he said we're probably going to have a million bikers. I mean, wouldn't that be something? And do you think the media would cover it? Although cover eight eight queer guys demonstrating somewhere, or two hundred women travailing and, and you know way, were much wailing and gnashing of teeth about losing supposedly possibly their right to kill innocent children but throw up a million mom march in dc throw up the pro-life rallies of a quarter of a million to half a million people or a biker rally that would be pro-trump and guess what they won't cover it they are not in the business of reporting the news they're in the business of creating the news in other words they're really into manufacturing piles of pelosi and they won't cover that. So that's why I am. So you just thank God for all these bikers uh, who have a mission. If uh, Trump uh, is the recipient of impeachment proceedings. But you know what? It's not just here. I was there's so little accountability by the press. So much um, so much venom directed towards our president that their absence of speaking to defend him in any occasion, such as the Brits, who, uh, while Trump is over there in England this last week, that make great fun of him. Does CNN or MSNBC rise to the defense in any way, shape, or form to say, hey, you know what, whatever we think of him, that's just disrespectful. I mean, what would happen if all Barack Brock baby Obama was uh, the recipient of two or three milkshakes. Do you think that do you think that the media would sit around and laugh at it like they laugh at Brexit people getting hit with milkshakes or if Trump got hit with a milkshake or the stuff that they're saying about Trump while he's there? I don't think so. But this week it went to a new low because there were a couple of elderly people with mega hats on in London, who got beaten up by the left in England. All of which goes to prove my point, that the left is fundamentally without any morals. No guts, no morals. In many cases, no brains. And the reason we can say this is a common denominator is because the left treats conservatives, treats Christians, the same in Europe as they do in California or in New York or in Canada. Wherever the right simply shows up, the left is there to harass them, to impugn their 
purpose and their integrity to go into an F-bomb fusillade? They're the same everywhere. If you're without morals and you're without guts, you're in the Democrat Party and they behave the same, whether in England or over here. No difference whatsoever. Well, you know what? I, I think this is, unless she goes absolutely super stupid on me, I mean, I mean super stupid, I am just about to the end of the last time I want to even mention Alexandria Occasional Cortex. Um, but she said something this last week that is just, if you have any lingering thoughts, any lingering doubts as to whether this woman is an out-and-out socialist, hysterical madwoman who needs one giant cork in her mouth. And trust me, that would have to be a big cork. She said, and I would need to quote her, she was at a town hall event in the Bronx this last week and said that everybody should be given access to guaranteed homes before anyone is allowed the privilege to earn a profit. Do you hear this socialist crapola? Everybody is should be given access to guaranteed homes. In other words, every person, no matter how much they deserve it or don't deserve it, how much they've attempted to produce or how much they've ever been a just a blood-sucking leech in society, whether they've been a draft horse or they're a pig with their snout in the trough, does not matter to occasional cortex here. And the reason is because her socialist dream, everybody's entitled to housing before anyone is allowed the privilege to earn a profit. So occasional cortex, let me ask you this question. If you're not allowed the privilege of earning a profit, taxes, sweetheart, are only paid from profits. You don't pay taxes on losses. You don't pay in 28, what what tax bracket are you in? Well, let's see, I lost $100,000 this year. So that means I'm in the 28% tax bracket. And so I owe the government 28% of my losses. You don't pay a dime if you lose money. So if no one has a right or a privilege to earn a profit, you got no taxes. And if you got no taxes, who the heck, mental giant, occasional cortex, is paying for the guaranteed homes? And who's guaranteeing the home for the guy who can't make a profit, who's not allowed the privilege of making a profit? Who's buying his home? This kind of nonsense I will say, if the Bronx doesn't throw her tush out in this next election, I don't have any particular desire to go to the Bronx, but I will make it a point to avoid it, probably all of New York City for that matter, if they reelect this vacuum head. This is just, I mean, this woman is not only nuts, she's wicked, she's evil, and she is pulling the Democrat Party even further left. And Nancy Pelosi, I mean, maybe she could dig her in her heels if she would sober up enough to dig her heels in. But when you're smashed all the time, it's hard to uh, get firm footing. But she can't seem to dig in her heels and hold the, the move to the left back. That's why this country is headed for its split and possible civil war. Well, this story coming up for our friends in Europe, our friends listening in Israel, the German Jews have now been advised to conceal their faith amid rising anti-Semitism. In other words, the Jew haters are rising up in Germany. According to government reports, hate crimes against Jews in Germany have increased 20% just in one year. Just in one year, a 20% increase. And so what does the media say about who's responsible? They are saying that the up to 
of the anti-Semitic attacks are conducted by those who support far-right groups. Um, Justice Minister Katerina Barley says, quote, the increasingly frequent attacks against Jews are shameful for our country. Right-wing movements are attacking our democracy and are at- and targeting our peaceful coexistence. And just last week, Germans' anti-Semitism commissioner. That's interesting. They've got, I mean, Germany is rightfully feeling guilty enough about what happened, you know, 80 years ago. That they have an anti-Semitism commissioner. Felix Klein came out and warned Jews not to wear their kippahs in public. So what about the free expression of your faith and your religion in Germany? They're telling you to hide your faith. Why? Why should you have to hide your faith? Do something to the people who are intimidating the Jews, the ones who are attacking the Jews, harassing the Jews. Well, there's one problem. Now, before I mention the problem here, this Mr. Klein said that uh, blaming the increase in anti-Semitism, he said, we have an increase in social disinhibition and coarseness, end quote. In other words, he's just saying people are getting more crass. They're getting more rude. They're just getting without feelings, and they're losing a sense of civility. That's the way I interpret that passage. Well, who is it that has lost their sense of civility? Could it be those who never had a sense of civility? Well, what is interesting about this is who they did not talk about. Nowhere is there any mention by the gutless German leaders as to any link between Jew-hating and all the millions of Muslim refugees that have recently arrived. So they make no connection between the Muslims who hate the Jews, would want to kill the Jews, spit in their face, sue them, slay them, whatever, because they've hated them for years. They make no connection between the millions of Muslims that have come into that country and screwed it up and the distinct rise in anti-Semitic, a.k.a. Jew-hating events. So who do you think it is then who's involved in this social disinhibition? Who's uninhibited? Who's coarse? Just in the last couple of years, is this your normal German citizen who's all of a sudden gotten really, really coarse and rough? That doesn't fit. The coarse people in the United States are all on the left. They're not far right. The coarse people in England, British Isles, are turning out to be those that are on the left. The coarse people in France are those that are on the left. So who on the right, if you want to call them that, are coarse and socially disinhibited? Does it coincide with the importation, if you will, of a couple of million Muslims, many of which just hate Jews and co- hate them coarsely and are not particularly inhibited in the display of their hatred. But leave it to the, the Germans with no guts. They don't dare to say the M word, Muslim. They don't dare to say the, speak the truth as to why the Jews are going to be increasingly driven out of Germany like they have been increasingly driven out of France. All of which, as I've said before, is I have a sense is God's plan queuing up the end times, queuing up the Lord's return at the end of the tribulation period after Israel's been through hell, but all of the Jews needing that are called to come back need to get back. What would cause the Jews in Germany to return to Israel? What would cause the Jews in France to return to Israel? What would cause the Jews in the United States to return to Israel? Other than the increase of anti-Semitism and Jew haters in the Democrat Party? They're going to find out that it's going to be much, much safer in this country for Muslims than for Jews.
for two reasons. The Muslims will become more open in their hatred of the Jews, and the Democrats will become increasingly gutless dealing with the the uh, hatred of, of Muslims against Jews. I mean, it's, it's this is just so easy to predict, folks. This is not, I, I give it a 70 or an 80% chance. This is what's going to happen. It's 100%. And I can say that because it says in Scripture that God is going to reach out and call his people home, bring them. Now, that has already started, of course, with a reinstatement, reestablishment of the nation of Israel. But it's going to pick up because in order for all Israel to be saved, as it says in Scripture, they kind of all need to be in one spot. And God will deal gloriously with them at the end, just as much as he was hard with them and judgment on them uh, earlier on. So there we go. Next piece. I got only got two stories left here. This next one deals with Donald Trump, Martin Luther King, and Thomas Jefferson. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's right. Because something to say here that is going to stun some people. The whole piece is going to stun some people, but my conclusion may also stun people. And that's not why I'm saying it, to alarm, or I'm not a shock jock here, a Christian shock jock. That's not it at all. But I need to share some things that will that uh, that have really emerged as a result of this purge of anything historical that the left social justice warriors don't like whether it's a Confederate flag, whether it's a statue of Jefferson Davis, whether it's whatever it is that they hate, and now coming around to Andrew Jackson, and now Thomas Jefferson as a result of Pete Buttgag. I'm sorry, that's that's his name for now on, folks, Pete Buttgag. And I will explain why I call that candidate for president Buttgag on the next program. I do not have time for it right now. Why they are okay with taking down Thomas Jefferson memorials and statutes and, and uh, goodness sakes, anything that reminds anybody of our colonial past is on the chopping block. But this is the comparison and the, uh, if, you, if, if I can say this, sort of the equalizing of Donald Trump, Martin Luther King Jr., and Thomas Jefferson. You Ready? Here we go. David Garrow is a journalist, and he's a left-wing journalist. I mean, he's certainly very liberal. Whether he's left-wing, I don't know. That's just a matter of shades of degree, what have you. But Jack Cashill pointed out in an article the other day that he may have inadvertently helped preserve Thomas Jefferson. But in so doing, he's also actually validated Donald Trump because Garrow points out the fact that the FBI memos regarding Martin Luther King Jr., which were part of a huge U.S. National Archives data dump earlier this year, is revealing some very, very difficult things to swallow. Starting with this, for one year, now this is a fact. These are the U.S. National Archives has released this data about Martin Luther King Jr. And it is basically goes, uh, emerges from the memos that summarized one year of the FBI's bugging, wiretapping, and bugging of King's Hotel Rooms. Now, you might say, oh, they're just trying to disparage uh, Martin Luther King. No, if the FBI wanted to disparage Martin Luther King, they would have come out with this 40 years ago or 30 years ago. Fact of the matter is it's been kept concealed. It's just part of a huge bunch of data that's dumped by the National Archives. That validates through the bugging and the wiretapping that Martin Luther King had sex with more than 40 women, participated in orgies, 
and as Cashill says most damningly, stood by and laughed as a friend of his raped a woman. End quote. Now you're thinking there's no way. Lay off MLK. Don't you touch that guy. I'm sorry I'm touching him because the truth is going to come out, but do not turn this off till you hear my whole story. And you're going to be shocked at what I come up with here at the end. And it's going to make sense. Just don't go away. So all of the major British publications, according to Cashel here, have reported on MLK sleeping around with a whole bunch of women and watching this friend of his rape a gal going to an orgy. I mean, uh, he'd a man, I guess, huh? According, to, I mean, all the British publications cover this. Not one single American media, major media outlet has covered this. Not one single one. Nobody dares to touch MLK Jr. We will let the lie go on that he was a saint before we dare let the truth come out. Fox won't touch it. And why is it that you can't tell the truth about being without being labeled a racist? There's nothing racist here. Remember, we're going to get to Trump and we're going to get to Thomas Jefferson here. Now, to show you how on the left this the uh, Garrow is he in a 2017 piece he was actually criticizing obama as being too conservative so that tells you where the writer of this research who pulled this together all this stuff together from the fbi memos is no hater of martin luther king junior he's no kkk guy he's not even a republican He's not even a he's a he's a Democrat on the far left of Democrat. But as Cashill says here, Garrow has speared one very sacred cow. Well, he said uh, Cashill said that uh, this girl is probably going to now have death threats and no more speaking invitations and all of this stuff. However, there's something that I got to raise here that is of critical importance. Do I believe the wiretaps? Yes, I do. This isn't somebody just writing a memo from uh, an anti-black perspective. This is an FBI memo that's simply summarizing the substance of buggings and wiretaps to the hotel rooms. And if you wanted to hurt the guy's image, you would have done it decades ago. Not now. And it's not coming out as part of any attempt to hurt the guy. It's coming out. It's, it's sort of like a dump truck going to the dump and unloading a ton of trash. And in this thing, you, you find a couple of uh, mouse traps with dead, dead mice in them. Well, the purpose wasn't primarily to get rid of the mice, the dead mice. The dead mice and the stinky mice were just part of this huge pile of garbage that you're unloading at the, at the, at the dump. That's what the U.S. National Archives are doing here. It's a data dump, and that just has revealed this is just part of it. It's a very small part of all the information that the National Archives have opened up. But there is a point to be made here. When now they think, oh, gosh, what's going to happen? Are we going to, uh, are those racists going to rename the, all the streets that are MLK Junior Boulevard and MLK Junior, Junior, High, Junior High and whatnot? No, and I'll tell you why not in a few minutes. We'll be right back. Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter is a listener-supported program. Please know that 100% of your contribution goes to pay for airtime so that as many people as possible are able to hear that the Word of God has answers to every meaningful problem and issue in life. No one gets paid a salary at Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter, but in response to your support, we pledge to bring you the most timely and critical information you need to help make informed decisions in this age of media bias and a growing hostility to all things Christian. Your partnership makes you one of the watchmen on the wall with us, as described in the book of Ezekiel. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, 
Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. We're back. This is Rob Walder with Red Sky Radio. We're talking just before the break about the huge data dump from the U.S. National Archives from earlier this year, which people are pulling out information from all over the place. But it has included the FBI memos summarizing the FBI's year-long bugging of King's Hotel Rooms wiretapping that Martin Luther King Jr. had sex with more than 40 women, participated in orgies, and then apparently stood by and laughed as a friend raped a woman. Now, it's important to understand that in the last 50 years, more things have been named for King than for any other American. I'm not going to get into that whether it's right or wrong. I'm okay with it. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. But keep in mind, no one today in the United States is bringing this up. As I mentioned, it's all over England and Europe, this story. It's nowhere in the United States because Martin Luther King is one sacred cow, which if you spear, you're going to get death threats. Now, why is this all relevant? Are we going to have schools renamed, streets renamed? Are we going to tear down monuments like they want to tear down Jefferson and Jackson? Are they going to go? Are they, is there going to be this animosity to, that will prevent anything from ever being uh, ever being named after Donald Trump? You know, it's interesting that uh, you know the Me Too movement is not saying anything about Martin Luther King Jr. and bringing these down, like they were with Brett Kavanaugh, like they were with anybody else who's not black, who supposedly has prevailed against many women in various ways they're not they're not they're not after him i mean imagine if he were white however and this came out do you think that this is worse than uh ripping down a thomas jefferson memorial i would think so but this is why there's a point to be made that everybody is losing sight of here I am not for renaming any of the streets named after Martin Luther King or any of the monuments, renaming any of the schools. I'm not for tearing down any monument of Thomas Jefferson or Andrew Jackson. I'm not for taking them off our currency. I'm not for, take, I'm not for removing them from our historical legacy. And I'm certainly not supportive of preventing things being named after Donald Trump. And here's why. I believe the, the the wiretap memos. I absolutely do believe them. I believe clearly Thomas Jefferson had slaves. We know that he did. Even though he was not supportive of slavery. And that's fairly well documented. He was not a champion of it. But he had it. It was legal. It was kind of where... Things were at that point in time, but he wasn't crazy about it. But I, I don't support the fact that he did. But it's easy for us to sit here and look back 250 years um, or more, actually, and, and criticize people for the positions that they had. I don't excuse Thomas Jefferson, though, any more than I excuse Martin Luther King. Any more than I excuse Donald Trump from the things that he's done in his past. But the point here is, is there a greater good that each one of these individuals has provided to society that justifies us in honoring the good that the person did? Look, no one is an angel. No one is flawless. Why there somehow has to be a litmus card that you are, you never poked a girl in kindergarten uh, with your pencil in, their, in a rear end or something, or you never, 
uh, whatever, at any age, what do you have to do to run for office? You got to be an angel. Well, there are no angels on the left, but they demand angels on the right. The fact of the matter is, we are we have all f- fallen. We're all sinful. We have all fallen. We're saved only by the grace of God, and every single one of us has baggage. Every single one of us has things that are embarrassing. Now, some of our bags are a little bigger than others. Some of our bags could only go with us and being checked through. Others, uh, you know, maybe they could fit as a carry-on. But we've all got baggage with junk in it called sin. Does that mean everybody who's ever sinned is now disqualified from being honored for the things that they have done that have been significant and, and good for the greater good of humanity and society. No, you can't let that negative wipe out the good. Is the cumulative good that Thomas Jefferson did exceed the issue of slavery? Absolutely yes. Does the cumulative good that Donald Trump has done <clears throat> absol- uh, uh, exceed the cumulative uh, activity of his past absolutely does the cumulative good of martin luther king jr does it exceed these 40 trysts and whatever else was going on there 50 years ago i'm i'm sweeping none of these things under the rug it's not good to have sex with 40 women or to have slaves or to be sleeping around and and go through a whole bunch of wives like trump but is there a possibility that the good could exceed the negative? Is there a possibility that the good could exceed the negative by such an amount, by such a significant amount, that you are going to say, gosh, you know what? We can't, we cannot denigrate what this person has done for the country, maybe for the kingdom of God, for humanity, because, oh gosh, That's right, they were a sinner. They did some of these bad things in the past. And without brushing over those issues, without sweeping those things away, can we say that the good that they produced far exceeds the bad, the negative? Can we overlook that to the extent of at least, not to, like I said, to sweep it away, but can we we finally give credence and deference to that which is good and so that when somebody wants to honor somebody for something that they've done very, very well, do we have to go rooting around in the past and say, look, you kicked that girl in the teeth in fifth grade. Why are you getting an award for being the first person on on Mars? My goodness sakes, what a sad world that we're in when you can no longer... Uh, afford to not be perfect. I mean, we've all fallen short of the grace of God, have we not? We have all sinned. And for Thomas Jefferson, who knows what else he might have done. Maybe we don't know the half about Thomas Jefferson on the negative side. Maybe we don't know the half about Donald Trump on the negative side, although anything and everything that possibly could be negative about Donald Trump, I think probably has been exposed because that's the sole purpose of the media is to destroy the guy because that's how much they hate him. Is it possible that we don't know the half about Martin Luther King? After all, the bugging, the wiretapping was only for one year. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. 
With Republican Justin Amash joining Democrats, the House Oversight Committee has voted to hold Attorney General William Barr and Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross in contempt for failing to turn over documents related to adding a citizenship question on the 2020 census. The vote coming despite the White House asserting executive privilege. As for Democrats opposing the question, Ohio's Jim Jordan wonders... Why don't they want to know? That's the fundamental question. Why don't the Democrats want to know how many citizens are in the country? Michigan Democrat Rashida Tlaib. Is it really about citizenship? No. It's about reducing the number of people of color in this country being counted in the census. That's exactly what it's about, because you want to cheat. The vote coming just hours after the president asserted executive privilege in order to protect those documents. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. In a statement, Commerce Secretary Ross said the Democrats have continued to attack this administration on dubious grounds and they aren't going to let facts get in the way of their own concocted stories. Donald Trump Jr., the president's eldest son, says he's glad this is finally over after speaking to the Senate Intelligence Committee for about three hours on Wednesday. Speaking to reporters after the meeting, Trump Jr.